This is Ingredient Insiders. I'm John Magazzino. And I'm Andrea Parkins. On each episode of Ingredient Insiders, we'll be talking with famous chefs and authors about their favorite ingredients. We then talk to the producer of that ingredient. We learn its history, how it's made, and why chefs love using it in their kitchens. On today's episode, Andrea, we're talking with Rocco D'Amato, who's the owner of Bazzini. They are also the season sponsor of Ingredient Insiders. I love Bazzini. We love Rocco. I haven't seen him in a long time, so I'm excited to see him. He's like traveled the globe to source and procure the best nuts. He literally is one of the most knowledgeable people in the world of nuts and dried fruits that uh, I've ever met. Absolutely. I feel like we're going to learn a ton Yes. And speaking with him. What do you think of when I say Bazzini? I immediately go to the blue can. Right? That's like, exactly what I think Like with the elephant on it? Yeah, they're the iconic. If you've been in any like nice hotel bar, mm-hmm. like I'm picturing like the bar at the St. Regis Hotel. And if you look behind there and they give you, they've got high quality nuts, chances are you're going to see that blue tin back there. And Why it, is the elephant on there, John? I just assume because elephants love peanuts. Do they really love peanuts? Yes, of course they do. Everyone knows that. Wow. And I, I mean, I have an elephant tattooed on elephants. my back, and I, and I wasn't sure if that was just like their mascot, but now no. you're right. Elephants, elephants love, love, peanuts. love peanuts. Tigers hate peanuts. Elephants love peanuts. Can't wait to talk all about nuts today with Rocco from Bazzini. This is going to be a great one. This season of Ingredient Insiders is brought to you by Bazzini Nuts. Bazzini is the brand of choice among chefs in the finest hotels and restaurants. Their legacy of quality extends to gourmet retail stores, specialty boutiques, grocery distributors, and delis, ensuring you have access to their extensive range of consumer retail packages. It all started in 1886 when Italian immigrant Anthony L. Bazzini began selling nuts by the pound to bakers, street vendors, and individuals during the Great Depression. But Bazzini Nuts isn't just about peanuts. They offer a delightful array of nuts like cashews, almonds, pecans, pistachios, hazelnuts, and more, plus a tempting selection of dried fruit, including apricots, cranberries, figs, dates, prunes, and tomatoes. So whether at the ballpark, in the kitchen, or indulging in some well-deserved self-care, choose Bazzini Nuts. With a legacy spanning 137 years, they're here to serve your needs with the same consistency, reliability, and quality, making them an iconic name in the world of nuts and dried fruits. Bazzini Nuts, tradition, quality, and taste all in one. Taste the legacy today. This episode is in partnership with the Chef's Warehouse and produced by Gotham Production Studios in New York City. This is a thrill. It always is a thrill because whenever you're in the room with Rocco D'Amato, it's a good time. I love talking to Rocco. We need a bottle of wine to be. Oh, what? yeah. What is this water we're drinking yeah, here? And no nut. We don't have any nuts here either. I, we have the nut. Actually, king. I think we do have nuts out there, we John. We have the nut king of. Bree, do we have any nuts out there? Let's get some. We, we should have some nuts I on the table. I want to say nut king of North America. It might be the nut king of the world at this point. Oh, uh, just the can. Okay. So joining us today is Rocco D'Amato. Our from, season sponsor. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Of Bazzini Nuts and Chocolate. An amazing company. If you've grown up anywhere in the New York area, 
you know the name Bazzini. Mm-hmm. If you went to Yankee Stadium in the last 30 plus years, you've probably since it began. seen a big, since it began. Yeah. Since Yankee Stadium began? Yeah, actually prior to Like the house that Ruth built? Well, before that, it was, it was in where the Giants played in- uh, Polo Grounds. The Polo Grounds with Knickerbockers. The Polo Grounds- had Bazzini nut Correct. signage back in those days? Well, they had little brown bags with elephants the, on them. Ama- oh, wow. And they roasted the nuts actually at the stadium, and they would sell hot roasted peanuts in those little brown bags with the elephants. So it's so it preceded the Yankee Stadium. It's as New York as New York gets mm-hmm. as far as the food Pretty much. goes. How, when did you get involved in the business? It's 137 years old. Yes. it, it uh, It's the oldest nut company in the Western Hemisphere. Um wow. And I got involved in it in 1983 when in a buyout. I uh, I started a small company when I was teaching school. I started a small company in my kitchen. And that evolved, uh, and then it became a, a decent sized company. And it, and it it really went to much more upscale type quality. And uh, Al Bazzini was uh, about a hundred years old. He uh, had no did not get married, had no children, lived with his sister, had a lot of nieces and nephews, did not do estate planning and left it all to them. And so they really were forced, uh, as they died off, they were forced to sell the company. And they were trying to find someone who was somewhat consistent with the quality component. Being Italian wasn't a bad thing either. It did help a little bit. Um, So in 1983, I learned about a leverage buyout, which was... I, I, I hate to use a phrase, but it was smoke and mirrors. Yeah. But you had to be serious. It, you know, you, you had to really work hard. And uh, the magic of uh, sort of the American economic system allowed me to leverage a small company into this, into this, I think, an iconic brand in New York. And at that point, the, the whole world of nuts was evolving from um, – sort of an ethnic kind of on the table, in the shell, after big meals and right. that kind of thing, into um, into culinary world, right? And in, in the culinary world, it, it focused primarily on desserts. And then in the 80s, with the attempt to um, provide an upscale sense where you'd put a uh, granulated pistachio on a salmon, or you'd put a, uh, a chopped hazelnut on a pork chop, uh, and you put sliced almonds on on salads and fish. That it took it out of that la- rather niche world of desserts into the broader spectrum, and then and then it evolved beyond that gourmet world, specialty world, into the natural food world, and then you it moved into sn- the snack. Uh, uh, area where it went from salted peanuts, salted uh, cashews and pista- red pistachios to trail mixes and just eating almonds or walnuts for its for its nutritional value. So it went from some small ethnic sort of Mediterranean stuff mm-hmm. and Middle Eastern stuff to this worldwide uh, consumption on m- on many, many, many levels. I mean, your timing getting into the business sounds like it was pretty, yes. pretty good. Pretty perfect. It's always, because yes. I imagine from those humble beginnings in the 1800s with Mr. Bazzini, to your point, yes, they were selling the you know the baseball stadiums of New York. Mm-hmm. But I remember going over my grandparents' house, whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, and mm-hmm. 
out would come a plate of fruit and out would come a bowl of nuts with the crackers. With the crackers. Yeah. With the crackers. Yes. Yep. Andrea, you're too young for this. No, I, how do you know no, this? No, I still with have crackers, my grandparents' nutcrackers. And I would love to crack the walnuts mm-hmm. and pick, you know, bite a piece of shell and then eat the nuts. Right. And then today... Do you guys even sell anything in the shell anymore? No, Does no anybody more. buy it? No. The pistachios you do. Well, yes, little, okay, pistachios, pistachios sure. yes. Because Jan easy comes around around the holidays in the Bronx and hands out those. Yeah, but is anybody cracking nuts anymore? Uh, I don't think no, so. No, I don't no, think so. No, 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 no. You know, it's another interesting thing. Uh, when I think of Bazzini, and I'm now maybe Andrew, I'm saying she's too young to remember these things. You guys had the most beautiful store in lower Manhattan in Tribeca. We did, yeah. I was think we did. that the original like roasting plant, or was, was that actually a, the original one was in Park Place, and it was displaced by the by the um, construction of the World Trade Center. Got it. And it moved just a few blocks away because that was the Washington Market. Yeah. It was a market where produce and nuts and coffee and tea and it, and a lot of uh, imported products were sold. Um, so Al did not. Albazzini did not want to move far from the market. So it moved up to Jay in Greenwich, where it was from 68, and we left in 97. Oh, God, I'm old. Do you, so <laughs> this was a beautiful but, store. No, but the store was beyond after 97. The, okay. store, the store was there till 09. Okay, good. I heard it was like 97. And like I started at Chef's in, 20, in 2010, so I, I can relate. So you said a lot there. Nuts clearly have been having a more than a moment. They've been having um, a decade or so absolutely. of popularity for all the reasons you mentioned. What are the top selling nuts in the world? Well, pe- well in the world, peanuts are the biggest crop peanuts, throughout the yeah. world. Uh, at this point, I-, I would say almonds are probably right there in the second part. Yeah. Um, after that, uh, cashews, walnuts. And then further down, uh, pistachios are much further down, although they've done nicely. Uh, do you guys macadamia. Have, do you guys have, I just had a whole macadamia th- mm. nut thing with Chef Andrew Carmelini and Jan. and. Oh, yeah, zero, yeah. zero style. Oh, they loved your giant macadamias. I guess there's a, a little <laughs> bit of a macadamia shortage now. But what, I'm curious to know what everybody's favorite nuts eat, okay. because I love, like Ooh. nuts are my snack at home. Yep, same here. What, what but it's you, interesting. I grew up. My sister's allergic to nuts, oh, so yeah, that's we had, been an issue. Like that was something that like all the nut products were in one cabinet, were and then all the other, you know, non-nut products were in another cabinet. But yeah. I and my mom, we loved nuts. So I you didn't care about your sister. No, I was like, just I won't breathe don't on touch you. These. <laughs> um, I I love hazelnuts. Yeah, me too. I find them craveable. Um, but I'm a big almond butter fan, peanut butter. I I actually don't think there's a nut. That I don't like, John. You like nuts. Okay, that's fine. What about you? Uh, I love the hazelnut. Mm-hmm. That's probably my main snacker. I love, I know they're a legume, but I love peanuts. I yeah. Love yeah, peanuts, great. Love peanuts. Just, I love the flavor of a peanut. Yeah. R- um, I eat them all, though. Walnuts, okay. almonds. I don't eat a lot of macadamia nuts. I don't know why. Brazil nuts? Not a huge fan of the Brazil nuts. I like nuts. Brazil nuts. They're I very good for them. men, John. I, yes, I've heard. Yes, they are. Yes. What are your favorite nuts, Rocco? Uh, I like a peanut. Okay. Um, honestly, I like hazelnuts. And I got if, if you got a minute, I'll talk about hazelnuts. Yeah. I, I got, think they're really got interesting. minutes. I think they're really, I think that's okay. <laughs> I will only take Go. about two or three of them. I love uh, talking about hazelnuts. Yeah. Well, I think. And before you even get started, I want to bring something up. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. 
Why is a hazelnut that comes from Oregon called a filbert? That's a great a question. I just always wondered that. Yeah, and in our system, it says filbert. And it always confused me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's filbert? <laughs> a full beard. Actually, it was. When you look at the when you look at the hazelnut, it's got that it's got sort of like a top and it has a a bottom and it was sort of identified as a full beard and it's a European name. Are you kidding me? So it's almost like the German word for a beard, like a full beard. Well, I think that's how it was described. That's I, I when I I was on I was on um, the International Hazelnut Council, which composed sure. mm-hmm. Andrea. Was, were you on that too? No, or? not. Uh, they asked me, but I. Was it interesting? Was really it was on the International <laughs> Macadamia Council, the, the oh, Hawaiian yeah. Macadamia. Yes, we go to Hawaii every year. <laughs> oh, that's a, how do I get on that one? <laughs> You're on the full beard. Well, I went to we we would go to Turkey frequently uh, on this, and it was the American importers, um, Turkey, which is the largest. Grow, uh, grower of hazelnuts in the world. It's actually the largest crop in Turkey, even Did more than tomatoes. We're learning lots of stuff. This is um, amazing. I, when I think of hazelnuts, I think of Oregon and Italy. Yeah, I think of but Italy. But now we should yeah. think of Turkey. Oregon was another player in this International Hazelnut yeah. Council and importers. And so we would we would um, meet regularly, whether it was in Oregon and or is in, in uh, New York or in uh, Istanbul or the Black Sea area, and discuss how to sell more hazelnuts. Uh, um, we knew the Tondo Gentile, which is, I said earlier, the best flavored hazelnut Love. on the planet. I mean, by a long shot. Those only come from Piemonte? Yeah. Italy, that's it. Yeah, yeah. They'll 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 ship it out of Naples and other places, but it grows in the Piemonte region of Italy. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to give this little public service announcement. Yes, the only place I know where you can find those at retail readily across the U.S. is Italy Market. Yeah, probably. Look should. for them. Ask one of the sales reps there. They say Tonda e Gentile hazelnuts from Northern Italy. Worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So we 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 knew they were there, but we were trying to get the purpose and the goal of the council was to get consumption of hazelnuts to grow in the U.S. I'm kind of surprised both of you are so big fans of it because they struggled. Mars Mars was was um, early in the game and trying to promote it because the Europeans hazelnut is their primary nut for confection yeah, and usually baking. Yeah, if you get a milk chocolate bar, oh, yeah. like a Swiss mm-hmm. milk chocolate, the nut in there is the hazelnut. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so we were we, we could not understand. They, The Turks, who really wanted to sell more to the U.S., could not understand why um, Americans weren't consuming it. So we went around to, to Hershey and large baking companies to promote hazelnuts. Uh, interestingly enough... An Italian product is what really broke it loose was Nutella. Yes. Yeah, it just it broke it loose. And then planters got into it. And, and it's sad because we spent years trying to promote the quality of it. The flavor is so is so full and so and gentle, really. It's 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 not a, a strong nut, but it's got a great flavor. And interestingly enough, a very strong ingredient is also found around hazelnut trees. Truffles. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. You should have had Andrea on, on the, uh, and I on the council because we would have been promoting the, we would have figured yeah, it out. Yeah, absolutely. The Nutella, I love it. You know, of course I'm joking. Oh, but uh, <laughs> I will say this. There is a big difference between that Oregon hazelnut and the, oh, yeah. and the Italian hazelnut. Mm-hmm. And I, I still love the Oregon ones. 
But when you eat that Tonda and Gentile, it's like so intense and so yeah. wonderful yeah. and smooth. It's but I also, so um, it's making me also think of another nut that I feel like is very similar, that the Italian version is just so much better, the Sicilian pistachio. Oh, yeah. I mean, like that bright green, rich, fatty um, Sicilian pistachio. I have a confession. I don't love that green Sicilian pistachio. Ooh, I love I it. I love it in gelato. Yeah. I love it in baked goods. But as far as eating, I find it too soft. A little soft. soft. Yeah. yeah. But I think the flavor for me, it's a, it's a, it's oh, definitely yeah. a more There's punchy. Yeah. Well, it's raw. It's 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 dehydrated. Maybe that's my problem. Is yeah. eating they'll, them raw. They'll take some. If you want to cook them a bit, you're going to get a better flavor. Yeah. Just like a regular pistachio, whether it's Iranian mm. or domestic, Turkish actually is wonderful pistachios, but they're ugly. They're not, they're very small. They're hard to open, but the flavor is fabulous. We spoke about ugly nuts in the past. Mm-hmm. Some of them are the best flavors in the world. Um, that brings me another thought. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, I, I mean, keep talking about is... nuts in my childhood. Why? Like figuratively nuts or like actual nuts? No, actual nuts. Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> are you saying I'm nuts? Why Go did nuts. we used to get, and I that maybe... I I feel like pistachios were always that dyed red. Mm. Do you remember those? Yes, mm. I do. You don't see them anymore. No. No. It's probably They're gone. Like, They're pretty much gone. Why was that done? And was that the only thing available back then? I mean, I feel like I was always like had red fingertips. Yeah. My parents would bring them home. Yeah. What's, What's the, the history? Story? Back in 83 when I got to Bazzini, 95% of it was uh, red. Crazy. But like, what, what's the history? Well, there? I mean, I've heard a number of different stories. I heard that it's it, you know, red uh, was a marketing thing. It, it, it stood out, cultivated, stand out in in a in a in a, in a, in a on a shelf or in the, in the little bins they used to show, they used to scoop pistachios yeah. for. And then also, pistachios are very interesting in shell. Uh, they got the husk's got to be removed very, very quickly because if it doesn't, it, it deteriorates and it puts a horrible stain on the shell, and then it becomes unattractive. And in the past, most pistachios came from Iran, and their processing capabilities were not sophisticated, so the shells were ugly. Got and it. and uh, um, I've also heard it was the red was there to cover up the ugly shells mm. and to also provide a marketing component to it. Now, it made sense to me. Uh, but when California became, got into the pistachio business, which was really in the late 70s, it, could, it didn't gain any ground at all. Uh, and they were into natural product. And they had a much more sophisticated system, nice, clean, bright-looking, light-colored shell. And they had some difficulty because the flavor tasted like wood versus Iranian. But in, in the late 80s, in 88, 89, you started to have maybe 86, 87, I had the embargo, and it's a 286% countervailing duty on pistachios, which stopped so pistachios. not a lot of Iranian pistachios coming in the U.S. No, you can't, because you can't sell them. Yeah. The, 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 the countervailing duty puts them out of range. So now all you had was California, and California had a method to promote a very pretty-looking, clean-looking white pistachio or natural colored. So I think the evolution was a function of, of technology, technological procedures making a better, cleaner shell, yeah. and international foreign policy issues. Do you remember issues. the red pistachio? I do remember. I feel like you're too young. You say I'm too young for everything. Well, 1983, I, 
Maybe that's that's a long that, time ago. I mean, so I wasn't born yet. No, I know. But I, but I feel as if they were made past that. Maybe you had a couple bags in your yeah, you know, your mom dust them off. Exactly. Away. Yes. No, I do. But I do remember the red pistachio. Okay. Just yes. they, and they, just but they died a very You're quick and, me, John? and a quick and precipitous <laughs> death. The red pistachios. They just went. They just fell yeah. off the table. Uh, I thought you thought was, we made up that whole thing about red pistachios. <laughs> and they also, I think, re- I think that. I think they retained more salt as well. The so red there ones? was, yeah, there was a bit of a flavor differential. Um, there was the, the red required some liquid. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a powder, but then you had to add some water, required some liquid, and that would retain salt. The salt would stick to the. So you'd have a different. You actually did have a different flavor, and some people hmm. for a very long time, for narrow or a narrower group, um, wanted red pistachios that had a that the salt gave it a. You know, like a salty cashew or a version of no salt. No salt has become more, much more popular in the last number of years, again, for health purposes. Um, so uh, the red pistachio went the way of the dinosaurs, gone. Rest in peace. Red yes, man, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Sure I don't miss those red fingernails. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I also I'm remember them the being a lot more like not fully open and me as a child like battling them. Yeah. And I would really like today if I get I, I feel like I've reached a level of success in life when I look at a pistachio <laughs> if it doesn't have an opening I just oh, you just chuck it I just throw it away yep. now. Well, I, don't, I, I don't fight them anymore. <laughs> nope. uh, there's there's a story around that. There's a story around all these crazy things. Again, I've the, made it, Mom. John. You have made it here on Ingredient Insiders. <laughs> throw away that pistachio. We don't need those closed shells pistachios. Well, you're not going to get many of them anymore. You don't, right? Well, it's you not don't just because, because the technology's improved. Ah, there you go. In the past, when you started eating pistachios, they from Iran. Yeah, I was making it old man jokes. You, okay, go ahead. Well, John, how old are you? Middle-aged, middle-aged. <laughs> um, you can always point to me if you talk about old. Uh, middle-aged. Um, the, the Iranians aren't at, weren't as scientific or technologically as uh, uh, effective as the Californians. So they were able to get more open. And what what's really been a marvel for the Californians is the growth of shelled pistachios, not only in the snack world, which is relatively insignificant to the food service world. Sure. It's huge in the food service world. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was asked to, in maybe about 20, 25 years ago, speak to pistachio growers in California and, and the, most of the conversation was around shell pistachios because they couldn't get rid of them. They had what they had was um, closed, which you would open, or, or or slightly open, mm-hmm. yeah. which they would open and use for shell. But they couldn't market the things. Right. And you were able to buy those. I was able to buy truckloads of those for a dollar fifty a pound, shelled pistachios. And I said, you guys haven't figured it out yet. Start marketing in the world of food service. Chefs are growing into that whole world. And now, although we're going to see some help in pistachio pricing, uh, it's it's profoundly more, more expensive. And it's and it's in high demand, and they can't get enough of closed. And so they take them out of the pistachios they sell in the market for opening and eating directly as a snack, right. and they'll crack them. They'll send them to China. Oh, so they want eat. more of the inexpensive clove, closed ones so they can put them into production for shell purposes. Shelled. In the past, they would blend some of those in, 1%, 2%, because right. they had to get rid of them, and that would moderate pricing. Uh, but now the, the demand for uh, for shelled is significant enough, so you don't have to do that. So there's the answer of why you, why you do your not first have job, to throw John? many pistachios yeah. away. Weren't you a pistachio sheller in your first job? Yeah, that was what that I was did. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, 
<laughs> it's interesting how all these different inter interconnecting realities exist. I'm always astounded. I was in um, nuts. I think like a lot of commodities uh, uh, have sort of sympathetic effects on each other. I was in Turkey once and we were mm, on the Hazelnut Council meeting and we just heard about a frost that had hit along the Black Sea. And I, <laughs> I walked out of that, called up Tom, who was a purchasing guy. I said, buy almonds. Because when that happened, the uh, price of uh, Turkish hazelnuts went through the roof. Yeah. Um, the Europeans will use almonds as a, as a replacement if price differentials is crazy. Right. So when that happened, very shortly thereafter, the Europeans went to California and started buying vast quantities of almonds and the almond prices went up. It's interesting how all these things are interconnected. There's all, it's a very fascinating world, it really is. I mean, maybe, you know, it's nuts. It's nuts, <laughs> it's, it it's nuts. really nuts. The nutty right. world of nuts. What are the nu what nuts aren't we thinking about or aren't talking about? Like, is there something that's we, is, there yeah. a, is there an up and coming nut? Pe I mean, like we're in pecan season, right? Oh, pecan. oh I mean, let's talk about is it pecan, pecan or pecan? Or pecan? Well, you talk to the guys in the south; they talk that they, they know what a pe it's pecan. It's pecan. Uh, okay, uh, it's I pecan. pecan. I would have said pecan. I say pecan. I always I used to say pecan. Yeah, but then pecan. I got pecan. I got trained I got trained by the best mm. in the Georgia area. And so okay. Do you think pecan. that's an underappreciated nut? I do. Mm, yeah, it is. they're so delicious. So good. They're like it's like mapley syrup flavor to me when they're. Or is that just because they are? Often do you like with pecan pie? Syrup. I love pecan pie, but I call it pecan pie. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, it's kind of to train myself, <laughs> Rocco. Yeah, well, pecan uh, pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Is pecan just an American nut? No, it oh. was originally American nut. Now a, a huge crop comes out of Mexico. It, it started in Georgia and Alabama, and yep. Mississippi, and then a crop developed in uh, in Arizona, Mexico area, and now old Mexico has got a huge crop. We're also starting to see it come out of, and the Chinese are buying not only out of Georgia, but they're also buying out of South Africa. There's so a, the Chinese crop. love the pecans, and it's a big export crop for the U.S. farmers. Correct. I have another nut. Into China. I just thought of one. Into China. Pine nuts. Pine, pine nuts. That's an interesting conversation. Is pine yeah. nut even a nut? I guess it is a nut, right? Well, uh, it's it, it. I mean, I guess it's not. It comes out of a pine kernel, I think. Nut-ish. Out of a pine cone. Yeah. Really? I yeah. think it comes out of a. They pine do. Cone. They come off pine trees and pine cones. I'm gonna actually. Um, I don't like pine nuts that much. Yeah. I'm gonna fair. just say it. I think that there's something about it for me. It like lingers. Well, there's a there's a couple different qualities. That yeah, right. I know there's like the Asian. There's a huge yeah. amount yeah. of differences. The Chinese, mm -hmm. Siberian. Yes, there's. I I'm Rocco probably not eating us. the highest quality pine nut. Mm, there's different varieties of pine nuts from different parts of the world for different purposes. Um, I think the Chinese works in stuffings. It works in 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 um, pestos and. Uh, but in terms of it having a, a consistent color when it's baked, mm -hmm. uh, the Italian or Spanish or Portuguese are much, much, much better. Uh, unfortunately, the European prices are crazy yeah. compared to the Chinese. Um, there's, you, can get, you can get some Chinese that have that metallic flavor, mm -hmm. uh, and that tends to be a 
cheaper, poorer quality product. But you can get some really nice double-A Chinese uh, pine kernels that have a really sweet flavor. They're almost like the old Indian nut. If you mm. remember, that's a nut that's kind of really out of, out of the out of the Middle Ages. I haven't heard of that one. That's a little brown. No, we used to do it. We used to polish them in Bazzini. It's a little brown nut, New Mexico variety. It comes from New Mexico with a very thin paper shell. And when you, you had to cook it and you had to polish it with, uh, with pumice, uh, and then you'd, cr- you'd sort of crack. A lot of Italians are very European, Southern European. You'd crack it and peel it and look like a pine kernel. Um, and you'd, the beauty of it is that of China, you don't need to do all that work. You just and that when that happened, the Indian nut died. Uh, but but you have to be selective about you know about pricing and what you're buying. Mm-hmm. You really need to know. It, it's not like you know I want to buy a car. Well, what kind of car you want to buy? You want to have a really expensive car that runs well, or you want to buy a, an old used car, it, it's, it's the same thing with nuts. You can buy a, a really good one that you can rely on consistently for either appearance or flavor, or you can find ones that are that are that can be problematic, and pine kernels can have a metallic we'll flavor. We'll have chefs that actually ask. They, oh, they want 100%. European pine yep. nuts, not, yes. not one variety yes. or another. They want this specific thing. And you um, can almost tell by the price. Like for sure, yeah. If a chef is like, "Oh, you know, you're expensive," it's like, "Oh, well, this you know, is this European. is the European variety." Yeah, Chinese will be much, much less expensive. Yes. But you know what? If somebody's looking for price, if they're looking for price, just as a directional thing, I've heard a number of times. Let's say somebody wants to make pesto. We talk about Brazil nuts not being as as popular as as other nuts. You can make a really nice pesto out of Brazils. You can make a nice pesto out of your macadamia. You got a lot of fat content. So if you want to, if someone wants to have a difference and also a price advantage, because Brazils are probably half the price, maybe less than half the price of pine kernels. And Macs now are substantially less than pine kernels as well. So for price purposes and for variant purposes, they have a lot of fat mm-hmm. and they're going to have a lot of flavor. And I bet unless you really, really focus in on flavor and eat it solely by itself, you probably wouldn't even know the difference. Are all the nuts we're talking about cultivated farm rate? Are there wild nuts? Yeah. That are in the food Brazil, ecosystem? Brazil's so are. Brazil nuts are Brazil's wild. Brazil's are. And for a long, they're cultivating more pecans now, but pecans were not, they're not like the almond crop. They don't have groves of pecan trees? Well, they, they? They, I don't think they have it like in, there's 1.2 million acres of almonds in California. Right. No such thing in, in pecans. Like they planted trees in California specifically for the purpose yeah, of uh, Yeah, but, yeah, but in large, almonds. large tracts. Yeah. They exist like, like almond that. milk probably really. Oh, wow, yeah, but, you, but it's only 2% of almonds in almond milk. What really exploded? You were t- I want you to tell that story because I thought you know you. Why? What's in almond milk if not almonds? When did you Water. go to Blue Diamond though? Oh, I think it was in the early nineties. Where uh, they were the kind of the sand- pioneers of almond oh, they milk. They were the pioneers of a lot. Of, they were pioneers of, of manufacturing, sliced blanched, slivered blanched, sliced natural. They were there were three guys, uh, funny, interesting guys. Roger Bocchigalupi, he was the president and CEO. Bocicalupi. That was his name, Roger. And Bill Wright, who was the national sales manager, and. Um, Walter Payne, executive vice president. And their R&D guy was a PhD named Sam Cunningham. And these guys had to market almonds, right? They, they, Blue Diamond is not a private company. It's a cooperative. Their job is to market almonds. And they are the premier almond, almond supplier. 
And so they had to find ways of making it more um, applicable in, in different worlds. They developed all that sliced natural, sliced blanche, slipped blanche, almond flour. I got a long story on almond flour. But smoked almonds. Yeah. Did they oh, invent the, the smoked, smoked almonds? Yes, they I did. Love the smoked almonds. They so said, <laughs> In the, I don't know where this is going to go. This that was a childhood in the, in the, addiction of mine. In the 1950s, they sent us, I'm I had a letter somewhere, uh, this interesting new thing they wanted us to make, and it was called Smokehouse Almonds. Smokehouse they, almonds. They, and they gave us all the ingredients, the entire recipe and formulation, and where to buy them. And I thought, boy, I, you know, I, 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 that would never get released. That probably gets destroyed. But... I thought that was fascinating that at that point they want they were doing anything they could. Was that that was one of their inventions was the yeah, smokehouse almonds, yeah. I it didn't was know that. that blue diamond label. Yeah, yeah. Is there brand. actually any smoke involved in it? Is that just like it's all flavor. Like liquid smoky flavor yeah. and it's all I flavor. Think so I'm starting good. to realize all the things that where I went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, between the red dye and the pistachios and it all goes back the to flavors. nuts. <laughs> but, but they were also I thought these things were healthy. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> I, when Andrew was born, they were healthy. When I was right. eating them, they were trying to figure out how to market them. <laughs> I was like the guinea pig yep. for the nut marketers. Your insides are still exactly. red. Think. <laughs> From all that smoke, pistachio smoke. and smoke. Did you smoke growing up? No, I just <laughs> ate the almonds. One of the worlds we talked about was the the, the almond milk stuff, right? Because yeah. yeah. that's what we were getting to. Yeah. Thanks for keeping uh, us on track. Uh, I, I was, seriously. <laughs> we've never done this before. <laughs> I was I was um I was I would go out there to talk to Sam to see what was developing. We we were I said earlier, we're the um, longest standing customer Blue Diamond has. And so we had a really long-term, excellent relationship with them. And uh, so I'd visit their R&D department, and they would show me all these flavors and nutcrackers. And then they would, he was telling me about almond milk. And my first inclination was, yuck, who was going to drink almond milk? This was uh, 30 years ago, 30 some odd years ago. And then, obviously, it became a huge success, so I began to get more into, what is this? And they would tell me it was 2% almonds and 98% water. Yeah. Now, you can make, as I said, you can make uh, almond almond. milk, Mm -hmm. uh, and I would use a Butte Padre Mission variety. You're going to get a best flavor with that. and you can make it five percent. You can make it. You can make it. Obviously, at some point, it gets way too fatty. Right. But you can certainly make it creamier and more almond flavorful if you make it yourself. And uh, my wife and my daughter make their own. And some of them actually put date dates in it to yep. provide sweetening yep. capability. So uh, you dates are having a moment right now. Dates are having a uh, lot of moment. Supply. I love them. We. I mean, we haven't even talked nut, about the giant fruits. Too? Supply issues, dry fruits, seeds, there's a lot of things to talk about. But but, um, uh, the the almond world, again, they kept pushing the envelope uh, in terms of where they were going to put these things. And almond almond butter, I think, will be the next major move. Mm -hmm. Almond flour, I had to convince, took me years to convince Blue Diamond to get into the real almond flour business. I would be buying a 12-12-8 diced almond, and chefs would be asking me for almond flour, and I'd send them this. He said, no, 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 no. We had to start making our own. We have a mill. We had to make our own flour. And I said, this isn't really going to work so well because I'm now crushing whole blanched almonds into flour, and it doesn't economically make sense, and not for my customers. 
So other guy, other manufacturers on the coast were making uh, a real fine almond flour. And I finally said to Blue Diamond, look, I can't buy this anymore. I've got to buy from them. So they, then they began to ask me about, about specifics and samples, blah, blah, blah. So it took me and the salesman there years to start convince, to convince them to get the equipment to make a, a blanched almond flour. In a nanosecond, that equipment was maxed out. It was running three shifts a day, seven days a week. They put another one in, three shifts a day, seven days a week. And you had to have a contract where you had to put an order in six months in advance. And that was just maybe to about get five, the almond flour. Just to get the almond That's how that exploded. That that's just crazy. exploded. And uh, look, in, in 1984, the crop was about 285 million pounds, 280 million pounds. Now the crop's... This year will probably be between two four and two six billion. Oh my! And uh, we've had three point one billion pounds, right? So, and what they've been able to sell them, uh, and the way they've been able to sell them is expand the usage of them, expand yep. the marketplace, and I think they've done an excellent job of 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 doing that. Uh, other business, other nuts, envy. Mm-hmm. Is there the a nut people. that's kind of out of vogue? Now? Like that's. Is there something a nut that's out there that needs Some Andrea love. and myself yes. to be on the council? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is there a nut that's not popular that they're trying to push on you guys now? We were kind of talking about cashews being cashews. Kind of fell off. I the feel map like they fell bit. off the map. I feel like they were like perceived mm-hmm. as very high end and they're very not expensive and they're not. But they're I. For but me, I also there was think, this, like, I felt that way about the cashew, like, very exclusive. Yes. Yeah, but people didn't market it that way? Uh, no, I think they – I'm sorry, Andrew. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I, I don't think they were marketed as expensive. I think, I think um, 40, 50 years ago, supply, demand, and, and amount of value made them kind of – $4.99 a pound – 35, 40 years ago was a lot of money. Yeah. Didn't you think cashews were like fancy? I think but, they were fancy, but then I think people realized how how much fat is in a cashew. Oh, is that what it is? And then they were like, I'll eat almonds because it's less fat. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what I personally is that, is think. That a thing? Uh, uh, I, I, maybe. I don't know. But That's I can just tell my you in terms of, world oh, according, is, is that so in the fatty. book, The World According, according to, to Andrea? According to Andrea Parkins. This is the last word with Andrea Parkins. I'm not and, sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. Is it? There's a certain amount of saturated fat and a lot of unsaturated, so it could be good and bad fat. In yeah, I just made this. I, know, I just fat. made it up. There I is a, a lot of fat that I, I woke up and I, I had read, it out for I'm the cashew. I'm going to read the nutritionals. <laughs> but, but I can buy a cashew now at the same price I bought it in 1983, in 84. Same price. Not in vogue anymore. Isn't that strange? Yeah. That with all the inflationary Very luck. Very strange. Yeah. Well, but you, you've seen... That do you love a cashew? I do. I like them roasted. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Nice yeah. Salt and you don't have to put, well, I like the salty too, but yeah. even a non-salt, if you have a really nice I buy Vietnamese, a lot of unsalted nuts. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, you're better off doing that. Yeah. But you know what I love? Honey roasted nuts. Oh, I stay Ooh, away. A, it's like I, sugar. It is sugar. And, and butter, that's why right? it's, It tastes yes. great. It tastes great. It tastes great, bad for you. Yeah. It tastes great, it. less filling. Right. Like the beer commercial. <laughs> but you want, if you buy, you want to buy a cashew, you want to make sure it's, if you can, it's either Indian or Vietnamese 
shelling variety. They come out of all different parts of the world, but it's the best I final looking Andrea product. I supermarket going up to the manager. Well, you can see where it comes from. Look on the back of the bag. Oh, it'll tell you. Okay, good point. It will roar, actually. I'm not sure about. All right, we're running out of time, but I have so many more I questions. Know. I have one more. Here's my last question. Okay. Talking about unhealthy because I think they're unhealthy. What's what's the story with blistered peanuts? Because I love those. I know. Like, I agree with you. Ever had? They're like extra crunchy. Yes. Are those deep fried? What's going they on? Are, there? Of course they oh, are. Of course go. they are. At first they get they they get they get sort of a water bath, uh-huh. and then they get sizzled in oil, deep and fried in oil. But they're great. It's they're like the sizzled. fried Marcona almonds. Oh yeah. Marcona's. Forget it. One. Oh, we didn't even talk about right? Marcona almonds. I mean, missed opportunity. Laguettes, Marcona's. Yep. yep. Rocco. We, this is an invitation right now to come back. Yeah, you we, need to, we, we didn't even touch upon dried, dried fruits. fruits. Or chocolate. Right. So I think if you would, we would love to have you back on sure. to talk more. Sure. What are you doing tomorrow? No. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the Bronx. Okay. Oh. <laughs> this has been really awesome. I feel like I've learned 800 things. So much. In 30 minutes. You truly are the nut king of North America, and take that as a compliment, because mm-hmm. I call her nuts, but I don't mean the same thing. <laughs> Thank you, Rocco. My pleasure. Thank you Thank for having you. me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ingredient Insiders. Follow us on Instagram at Ingredient Insiders. You can find the products we've discussed on today's episode at chefswarehouse.com or at your favorite specialty retailer.